Welcome to Oops All Apocalypse, a show where we explore the collapse of society by playing fun tabletop role-playing games. I'm your host, Stu Masterson, and I'm joined with two of my very good friends. Hey everybody, I am Brady. I play Book McCready, a compassionate detective type who just got a little bit weirder. And I'm Jacob, and I'm playing Ocean, a gentle giant who has maybe too much faith in the good nature of local warlords. I forget how good both of your guys' names are until we get introduced each time. I love Book and Ocean. They're just so powerful. Both names you wouldn't expect, both things you wouldn't really see in the apocalypse, I imagine, this far off in the future. Agreed. It's also fitting just because, like, Book is such a fucking nerd and Ocean, like the Ocean, is uh, generally very serene or looks very serene, but has power underneath, power in its depths. Yeah, but underneath that surface... There's an entire giant squid ready to just (laughs) gobble up everyone else. One day that will be relevant. Ready to not be able to do anything under the force of gravity. Yes. We've gotten even more positive feedback on these questions (laughs) to ask. One thing everyone's asking about, though, they're like, yeah, we love these characters, Book and Ocean, but what about Stu's answers to all these questions? (laughs) Why can't we we fall in love with Stu? Why can't we fall in love with him? So I'm just going to quickly go. If I could have any dinner guest, Noam Chomsky. And if I would like to be famous, in what way? Yes, I would like to be famous (laughs) and for this specific podcast. (laughs) Okay, next question. There's zero (laughs) chance of that. What we're going to ask... Thank you. What we're going to ask today is before making a telephone call, do Book and Ocean ever rehearse what they're going to say? And if so, why do they do that? Why do you do that? Because I know both of you do in real life. <laughs> I do for sure. What is what is a telephone? Book wants to know what a telephone is. Uh, you guys is. have walkie talkies. So like before you go and like buzz someone up, before you next I'll chirp someone where you're, do you think about what you're going to say before you? Yeah. Yeah. Book does. He, he, um, he tries to be very strategic about what he says. He's not always successful, but he tries to be very strategic. You do like, do you try to present yourself in the way you do? Like, is that something that you're cognizant of? Is this like a, a Sherlock, uh, Dr. House kind of situation where they're kind of just weird? Or do you like have, are you a Benoit Blanc in Glass Onion coming in super gay, trying to throw people off <laughs> their trail? I think, um, I think book has read enough books to have a concept of what, of he he has role models that he wants to emulate uh, a big one is hercule poirot and i think that he he likes that energy i think um he, he tries to emulate that i think that he is still learning how to successfully manipulate people in the way that poirot, poirot can i see that he's still young He's not quite that Poirot. I'm also just not good at that. So like my character can't be because <laughs> in order to be able. <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's why you made your character so young and naive. Exactly. And like, perfect. Okay. Ocean, when you're doing those bloops at people, do you plan it out or do you just start talking? He plans it out pretty extensively. He like role plays the whole conversation in his head like multiple times in advance. Does he stick to that when he talks? Uh, He tries. I imagine probably even if the other person, like I imagine he tries his best to stick with it, even if the other person goes off his imagined script. So if they start talking about something else, he tries to steer the subject back to when he's rehearsed because he is uh, not the most socially inclined. So I feel like he has a difficult time improving conversations. Yeah. 
and I'm pretty good at improv in conversations, but I think I would normally answer yes to this, but thinking about it, I absolutely don't do this. So I think I've just been lying to myself for 20 years because I don't like phone calls. I've been like, yeah, I'm the type of person who would go through it in my head. I really don't. But you're also I just don't so good people. at it. That's like knowing solution. you in a, in a, from a professional. Well, yeah, like no, just coming genuinely, up with bullshit. but not it, but it's never, it's never complete bullshit. It's, it's usually very well informed. All right. Are you guys ready for a new segment? Oh yes. A new segment. Is this going right, to be the so thorax to, or the abdomen? Uh, it's going to be the head. Welcome to uh, Book's Nook of Book <laughs> Takes. Book's Nook of Book Takes. That rolls off the yeah. tongue. Yeah, Book's Nook of Book Takes. Alternatively, just Book's, book's Nook. This sounds like something you prepared beforehand. <laughs> I, literally five minutes beforehand. So I wanted to use this opportunity um, and, and kind of jump on uh, current media that's coming out that's apocalypse related. So... I don't know if either of you have been watching The Last of Us on HBO. Not yet. But I wanted to take a minute, just talk about it because we are, oops, all apocalypses. I wanted to take a minute to acknowledge the other apocalypses that are out there in the media. The entirety of what I've watched is the intro segment of the two scientists talking about a fungus-based future that was going to destroy us all because of global warming. And that part was pretty spooky. How realistic do you think this apocalypse is, though? If you had to get it on a scale of one to ten, I I don't think I don't think it's going to happen in our lifetime. And by the logic of every generation that's come before us, that means I don't have to worry about it. Exactly. I think logically, I don't think the real life fungus that it's based off of has any kind of like merit to being able to infect human beings. From like what I was like reading about it, so I think like. The basis behind the science is kind of cool behind the apocalypse, but I just I don't think it's real realistic. I think it's definitely stretched. Not everyone can have a level of realism that we have. Yeah, I know we are grippingly realistic. So yeah, about the time scale of that this apocalypse, he's saying it's not in our life. There's a theory that statistically, you're about halfway through from the advent of whatever is going to kill you to it actually ending the world. I have a theory um, that's a little bit more fucked up than that, which is that because of quantum physics at the macro level, we will never observe ourselves being destroyed by a world ending event because then there would be no one there to observe it. So the only reason that that um, we haven't had an extinction level event like the dinosaurs, you know, experienced with, um, you know, tsunamis and volcanoes and um, meteor meteors is because if that did happen, there would be no humans left to observe it. So, so, you know, the collective consciousness of humanity is preserving us because we can only perceive the possibilities. We can only perceive the futures where those things don't happen. Oh, we're getting real esoteric same here. Same, same <laughs> thing for why we haven't encountered aliens. Uh, yeah. This is books. Ganja Grove. <laughs> So you're saying I'm invincible. Yeah, in your for your for your consciousness, for your consciousness, yes, you could never perceive yourself dying, but other people absolutely can. Like was I've heard something about like quantum immortality or something like that's what the concept is or something like that. In the middle of COVID, I had a panic attack because I was like, there's a very good chance that not only I am dead to everyone I, I love, but there's an even better chance that I was never born 
to everyone that I love. And that, you, and that the, no one was observing anyone. <laughs> well, well, no, but like the consciousnesses of them, their consciousnesses that exist the longest are the ones where I never existed in all likelihood. Yeah, that makes sense. So, because there's an infinite combination of, of, of people that, that they could have created, that my parents could have created. Anyway, I had, a, I had a major panic attack and I called one of my buddies and I was like, hey man. Am I real? I, I'm, I'm, I'm freaking out and you're talking about And he was like, literally, he was like, that's stupid and stop thinking about it. Did that work? That was the least helpful thing you could have said. <laughs> um, but eventually I played um, enough video games to forget about it for, for a while. There's a game actually that kind of had deals with that premise called Soma. Have you ever played Soma? I haven't. This sounds like a Soma these nuts joke coming up. <laughs> not falling for that one again. No. <laughs> so it's a game like it's a like it's like one of those survival horror things. It's more of like a walking simulator horror game. One of the big concepts in the game is like cloning yourself. How the game plays with it is like your current consciousness it's basically like a coin flip, whether you're like the being that the consciousness you're experiencing right now is the consciousness of the original or the clone. And it gets really weird about it towards the end. I don't know. It's kind of related, kind of not. But the video game that I was playing is called Outer Wilds. And it's just this beautiful. Oh, I've been film. wanting to play that for a long time. Beautiful indie film. And it helped me get over the death of my dog or get through the death of my dog. And also the existential crisis that I had soon after. Well, I'm glad that you said have such high praises because that is a game I've been wanting to play for it's, a long time. It's fantastic. So. Yeah. I won't spoil it then. Welcome back to the ramblings of three insane men. Uh, I'm your host. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> New podcast starting now. But now that we're a half hour in, thank you both for joining me at in uh, Books Nook. I appreciate you wasting time before starting this podcast. Stu, I'll, I'll let you take it away now. It was a great waste of time. I enjoyed it. Well, with that short venture into Books Nook, which sounds way more sexual than I was hoping, we're now going to move on back to the story. Last time, Book, you were staring down the face of some sort of subterranean creature. Everything down here is subterranean. That's not a good descriptor. Some sort of sewer creature with uh, that was scraping its nails along the side. You had heard him quite a while ago, but you finally get your first glimpse of him just as Ocean is out of the protecting range of you. Um, you see uh, your spotlight was held up for just a second, and it revealed this face staring back at you with a mouth that looks to be almost sewn or melted shut, and some long fingers with terrifyingly disgusting fingernails reaching around the corner it is about a block away from you a tenth of a mile what would you like to do so listen i've uh i I would say second to my desire to have a pet wolf would be my desire to have a um horrific mole monster melted face pet so, um, I, <laughs> is that going to be any time we find an uh, enemy or a monster? It's just going to be book attempts to befriend it before being brutally Listen, injured. I'm, I'm not going to win any fights just, uh, w- w- you know, based on strength alone. So we're going to, we're going to give this a shot. And then if I have like, what were the, um, what were the moles called in avatar? The last airbender. Are they badger, badger moles? Were they the badger moles? Badger mole. 
Yeah, something like that. They, they were the original Badger Moles is ridiculous because those Listen, are the same animal. I think that could be really useful underground. Um, but I, I don't like that that its mouth is, is melted shut. I, I, it, that seems to me like human um, intervention and and probably abuse. So um, first thing I'm going to do is call up to uh, Ocean. Well, I'm going to call up to him, but it's going to be in a whisper because I don't want Mole Boy to uh, to hear me too much. So just for just for reference on the current uh, layout of the scene. So the creature is down the tunnel, like far away from us. Well, not far, not but far, like, but yes, easily could reach us if he started like running in a few seconds. Yeah, if, especially since book, it doesn't have a super easy way up. You were able to get up pretty easy ocean because you were strong. Yeah, so I'm on the surface looking down on book. Yeah, all you see right now, you're fine. You're happy. You're in a good spot. Yeah, I'm just chilling. You made it out. You, you, yeah, from your perspective, so you pulled yourself up. The slightly less dank and moist air <laughs> of the cavern greets you. You take a big, fresh gulp of it in. <sighs> There's no dangers up here. Um, you know you're outside of the turf of Crandall, and you can actually see the switchbacks that lead back up to Hamlet opening are not very far away. They're definitely okay. visible from you. You're like on the outskirts of the city, basically. And you see them up there. You're you're like safe. You're like mission accomplished. And to even cement that more, Book pushes up the TTE that you're hired to collect. You easily grab it and slide it to the side. And as I'm enjoying this, I hear Book shout, Ocean, Ocean, Ocean. I turn, I turn around. I like poke my head down like, yes. Do you need help getting out? Okay. Are you stuck? There's something down here. It's a little weird. It's a little monstrous. I'm going to go check it out. Just be ready to pull me up. Hold on. Hold, hold on. Hold on. Is that is that a good idea? What are we what are we talking about? And I'm going to like peek my head down the thing. So like I'm dangling upside down, looking down the corridor. It's going to be fine. I think it's hurt. Are you still shining the light on it? Yeah. Oh, of course. Well, I, I guess I'm, I'm going to say I'm going to aim the light at the ground in front of it. So it, that like the refracted or the reflected light is illuminating it, but it's not being angered by the presence of the beam. Okay. So ocean, when you look down, you can see, you can't see all of this thing. You actually can't see the most horrific parts. You see some pretty human-like legs um, step out from around a corner and it looks like it's slowly walking towards oh god i was envisioning like this very large lumbering beast you're telling me this is like salad fingers uh it looks yeah it's not dissimilar do you want to pull the light up to get a good view of all of it now because you kind of got its head peeking around before i, I was picturing it like pulled away <laughs> like scraping its way is this like human sized you're about to see. Do you want to pull no, that light ocean up on get, it? I don't know ocean if I, pull me <laughs> up. Okay. I don't like the look. I don't okay. like the sound of human legs. Okay. Actually, you know what? No, no. You right, don't, I, no, no. I'm sticking with my plan. <laughs> I'm going to shine it with the light. Okay. I'm going to shine it with the light. Okay. Am I in a position where I can also see it from the light? Like yes. dangling out no, You have from to be ready to ceiling. pull me up, dude. <laughs> oh, I'm not dangling. I'm just like, I imagined. Okay. I'm going to illustrate. I'm saying if you're, if you're, if your head is in, if your head is in the manhole, your arm is not. And I need your arm to be ready to pull me up. <laughs> okay. I'm going to smack your, I'm going to start smacking your head and tell you to grab. Oh, you like bobbing my mouth, like trying to push me back up. <laughs> I was just like, quit, quit. I'm trying to see. Book, give me a Rita Citral. Hold on. Ocean, did you, did you, did you, when I smacked your head enough, did you pop out? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. You poked me and I like pushed, like you're pushing up and Ocean's like, oh. And you push his head back up, I'm going to say. It's kind of a comedic looking scene. Instead of reading a situation, can I step forward and use compassionate presence? Yeah. 
Absolutely. Okay, I'd like to do that. Okay. So I'm going to step away from the mantle. I'm going to step towards this thing that's still... You said it's a tenth of, uh, it's a, tenth of a mile away? Yeah. Okay, I feel like that gives me some time to run. If it, <laughs> that's what to say. Stu, you look so excited. <laughs> I'm so fucking... Yeah. I am so not ready for this. All right, so I'm rolling plus cool. Oh, God. Oh, thank God. Okay, that is a nine. Fuck. Okay. I, I want to know if, if this old boy's holding on to pain. To get the storky, you have to kind of step away from ocean a little bit. Mm. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to say I take like three paces towards it. Is that enough? Yeah. You seem trusting. You're just, it's mostly about the gesture. You're making a gesture that you trust this thing, that you aren't really a danger, that you're something that it can share its pain with, is what this move is all about. Mm -hmm. So you're giving that impression off. As you move forward, do, I guess the light, are you keeping the light on its like feet or what? I'm going to say it's on the wall to the left of it. Because again, I want I want as much bounce onto it as I can get. Okay, so it's loosely illuminated right now and it sees you kind of take these steps forward and it in turn moves very similar to you. Cautiously taking a couple steps at a time and you hear these fingernails scraping on the walls oh, no. as it's kind of dragging to the side of it. Just this almost fingernails on a chalkboard sound it steps into your light and you see its bottom half is like an almost anemic human all the way up to its chest where it's got this yoked huge pecs on this bad boy and it's got slightly too long arms and as it walks into the light you see it reaches one of its hands forward and kind of scrapes along the wall gently and as your light is uh, reflecting into it you see its fingernails are actually growing at a visible rate you can see they're just slowly, uh. not like Wolverine Shing, but just like gently, just like growing, like maybe like an inch a minute, you think, just uh. longer and longer. And as it pulls up, you can see its face and you see it's not actually sewn shut. You see it's trying to open its mouth towards you and it's more like putty stuck together, unable to just pull its lips apart. You see it kind of stringing up against each other. You can start seeing a little bit of gaps and the the sounds start changing a little bit from like mm, to more like mm, and you sense a lot of pain in that face. Oh god. What would you like to do? It does not seem happy to be here. Okay, so it does it oh man, does it see me as a threat? Do I have to read a situation to know that? It's not looking at you like a threat now, but it is coming closer to you. And it's it's it is continually moving closer. Yes. But it certainly doesn't look like a normal human. Is it wearing clothes? No. Oh. Does it got any bits? <laughs> it's a very relevant question. It's smooth like a Ken doll down there. I feel like that's better i am going to grip my cane a little bit tighter i'm gonna say i'm gonna talk to it do you need help it says <laughs> um and its lips start stretching more and more apart okay you can start seeing some little gaps in it its mouth coming apart is kind of like a grilled cheese sandwich you're pulling apart <laughs> like the cheese stuck together Got that visual? Mm-hmm. Does that yeah. make sense? Are you visualizing it correctly? Okay. Uh -huh. That's getting wider and wider as it starts. It's not moving quicker towards you yet. <laughs> but it's walking closer to you, and this mouth, this grilled cheese mouth, spreads further and further as you talk to it, like it's trying to say something. Mm -hmm. And then suddenly, some of the connecting parts snap, pop, pop, and the mouth opens up wider, 
and somehow these like dangling pieces of flesh that were strung across its mouth hole previously seem sharp. Okay. All right. <laughs> um, That's disgusting. I'm going to take out... So the jerky that I still have in my pocket, I'm going to take it out and slowly lay it on the ground in a dry area that looks as clean as I can find. And I'm going to back away, back to the sewer, and reach up to try to grab Ocean's attention and have him pull me up as fast as he can. Give me an act under fire roll. Oh, no. I got a 13. Oh, oh no. Well, I was kind of hoping something would happen. You hold your hand up. Are you still trying to like keep the light near it? Yeah. And Ocean, I'm assuming you just pull him up. Yeah. I'm going to pull him right. straight up. Yeah, you have no issue with that. You are yep. a strong boy. He's a little man. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> and you Spartan grab his wrist and pull him up. And as you get pulled up, the light shines down, right? Like it mm-hmm. pulls you up. You, you hold on to everything. Yeah. You get out completely safe. The second that light goes away from it, you hear this skittering at a incredibly fast pace. Uh. It's like <laughs> right away. Um, as you're pulled to the top. It didn't like my jerky. Do you want to check? Book, what the hell was that? I don't know, but we should leave. You hear clink, clink, and two fingernails stick on top of the sewer grate, and you see them just kind of growing over and curling into the side. I'm going to shut. Is there a manhole cover? Yeah, there's a manhole I'm going to try and just like slam the manhole cover onto the top of this thing. I'm just going to try and shut the thing. Try something challenging. I wish I was more aggressive. Okay, that is a seven. Um, and I can help, right? Because I could help try to push the the grate over. How are you gonna help him? Um, I'm just so I'm I'm gonna try to grab the other side of the cover and drag it across okay. as fast. Then as you're I gonna can. have to also try something challenging. Okay, so my try something challenging roll was a four. A four. Okay, that is an utter failure. <laughs> okay now do i roll his no turn? you're not gonna be able to help him with that four that's gonna uh, Lord. you're um, unable oh to assist okay. with that um that's okay so uh so you ocean you go and start pulling up this um sewer grate and you see book try to help you and he goes to grab the other side and you're like okay he's helping me so you kind of get a grip on one side and he goes to pull up the other and okay. the sewer grate book is way heavier than you thought <laughs> you go and you lift it up like a little bit and it it falls back on your fingers and kind of pinches them to the ground and it like hurts and you shake your hand and it makes this very loud rattling sound that gives away your exact location as another one of these hands reach up and claws towards you and grabs onto you book oh it shit knocks you to the ground um so you're on the ground it grabs onto me in one uh knocks you to the ground so there's basically just this one hand this human-sized hand on your chest reaching over the top and you feel the fingernails start slowly growing into your skin did we six is so is he doing this through like the manhole like we got the like do we actually get the manhole over uh, the... not not yet you can go slam it on there but this is on top of uh the hand is on top of uh okay so book, book is right now because you are successful so if you want to go slam that manhole on it you can but the hand is on book and it's got sharp nails <laughs> yes i am going to try and get book i'm gonna grab the hand that is holding onto book and like pull it apart pull it back can i change it actually real quick this could be an attack someone i was just about to say can i change this to instead me slamming my shovel into it with the edge to try and chop the hand off 
Yeah, you can certainly do that. Yeah, okay. do, give me an attack someone. Okay, that is a... That's an eight. An eight? Okay, you can choose one of those. You can inflict plus one harm. You can seize hold of something. You can get them out of your way. You can impress, frighten, or dismay them, or you can pin them down. I'm going to get them out of our way. You go and you smash the shovel on it. Uh, you deal one, two harm to it, right? It is a... My shovel is... Two harm hand, I think. Yeah, two harm hand. You slam the shovel down on it and you feel the wrist bones just kind of crack underneath it. But, and it pulls it back. Book, you're able to kind of roll out of the way some. You feel a millisecond later and this would have started piercing your flesh. And Ocean, you're able to then at that point grab the sewer grate, sling it over, and it rolls right on top and clink, clinks down. I'm going to turn back to Book and say, Book, what the fuck was that? I don't think we have time to talk about this right now. I think we need to grab the T-T-T-T-T-T-E. The T-T-E and get the fuck out of here. We've got Crandall on one side and horror monster creatures. Yeah, so you guys run. uh, You grab the T-T-E and you make it to the switchbacks. You are far enough away. You don't see the monster try to chase you, actually. It seems like it's staying in its sewer. Okay. And you guys are further away. You have the T-T-E. You have, uh, you also acquired a light and you are very near town. <laughs> the demo Gorgon. That was what I was thinking of with its okay. little <laughs> mouth. Oh yes. The cool unhingy mouth. Yep. I love mouths that open the wrong way. Me it's too. my favorite thing. I'm also a fan. Just not when Stu describes it very viscerally <laughs> and it's approaching <laughs> With me. its flesh tearing. <laughs> I want to know, Stu, I want to know something. Is it going to go back and eat that jerky I left it? Uh, you would have to go check. I don't want to know. <laughs> Prop. I don't I say, know this that. is a mystery. Add it to the mystery board. Yeah, add it to your mystery list. Because <laughs> that was all my. The jerky was my one non-battery bargaining chip, and I just yeah. gave it all to that fucking yeah. thing. One of your mysteries should be everything likes jerky. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's pretty accurate to real life. To be fair, already confirmed. But, uh, Ocean is the only person who has turned down my jerky so far. Oh no, Crandall. Crandall also turned it down. Yes. Fuck Crandall. Crandall. Did I turn down your jerky? I think so. Actually, maybe um, not. I maybe think, I think I don't remember. Folks, go back and listen to the previous episode and let us know. Did Crandall and Ocean eat my jerky? Ves- Crandall did not. not I a- play that character. I know <laughs> Vesuvius still has some of your jerky. He still has it in his mouth at this moment. Vesuvius thought it was chew or like, <laughs> yeah, snooze. All right. Can we hike, Stu? How fast can we hike? Yeah, you can hike at a leisurely pace if you would like. Uh, you're not in much danger anymore. Are you sure? No. It depends on your roles. Um, but okay. as you're going up at a more leisurely pace, uh, you're able to get a little bit of a closer look at this TTE, and you actually see in the bottom of it, there is an instruction manual taped to it. Oh, nice. <laughs> Which was something um, I was I'm potentially gonna... going to separate from it if you guys fucked up enough roles. <laughs> oh, good job, guys. You succeeded in acquiring the instruction manual. makes manual. me wonder if Crandall actually knew what the purpose of this thing was, what was intentionally playing dumb. Like, is this going to come bite us? Or was he actually just dumb and did not know how it worked? I'm going to rip off the instruction manual and take a peek while we walk. I'm going to I'm gonna do a book thing and read and walk. Yeah, because you're the only one, of, only one of us who can actually read. Give me a sharp roll. 11. Ooh. Excellent. Yeah, not only do you understand what this means, you find some things that most people probably wouldn't even be able to understand and make some conclusions that people wouldn't jump to. Um, you look at this, and the TTE device is a through-the-earth communication device. It's basically a radio that works 
by sending waves through things such as rock. So it'll be a great way to transmit at a long distance, which is what you can assume Johnny Hertz wants to use it for. And it's also, is it possible that I could also use it to try to reach the surface? Um, it does communicate widely. So to uh, reach other people, it'll be good in that way. And you do find something that maybe Johnny Hertz cares less about, but it does also have a receiving capability. This is a two-way communication. Oh. So, you know, he's definitely looking to broadcast his voice out. He doesn't really care about what he's getting back. But if you hook this thing up correctly, you can get information back. It's a two-way communication. Didn't he ask us to communicate with him? I vaguely recall at the um, us trying to figure out how we could talk to him, and he said just to come by his place. Yeah. Yes, Johnny Hertz is at his um, radio tower, which is mostly useless because it can only reach your town. <laughs> yeah, nothing else. So I wonder if we can if we get this set up in a way where we can like transmit using our stuff to him. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. I don't know why that would, what kind of purpose that would have, but so I'm going to talk to Ocean. I'm going to share with Ocean everything that I found. So, um, Jacob, you now know everything that that uh, book knew. Um, Retroactively, everything I just said is now here instead of where it was said. <laughs> I'm so that's a, that's a really good point, Ocean. Um, I think that we could probably hold on to the manual. Uh, Johnny Hertz never told us that he wanted the manual. He just wanted the hardware. I'm going to hold on to the manual and we're going to use that as a bargaining mm. chip to um, get him to, uh, well, to try to convince him to let us install it for him and also to use it. I think this could be really handy in the future. And I think having access to it would, would be a boon. But I say by hiding the manual, like if you've read it and you know how to read it, like how to like if you read the manual and you're pretty knowledgeable about the device itself if we don't give the manual to him and just set it up for him and we have like the inside knowledge of how to operate the device we could just not tell him how to properly use it for the transmissions and use that for ourselves i agree and i think um it's a good way for us to stay close to johnny hertz if he needs us yeah. if he needs us he won't betray us yeah so um with that said we keep tromping up towards uh johnny hertz with the with the goal i think we should go right to johnny hertz's tower i want to get this this figured out i want to get away from all the danger that we just had so as soon as we can get to him sounds good you crest the switchbacks and you can see your lovely little town of hamlet opening you see that marquee sign that marks the entrance to your town there's an old apartment complex that is literally just one face remaining there are some like tiered rooms that still exist on the other side but three quarters of this building has completely fallen apart so no one really stays there or uses it but it does have one very big flat gray wall that is facing you guys right now and there's some new very large graffiti on it oh you see the telltale signature of frida which i'm gonna say their signature is an eyebrow i love that and i think that i think that makes sense and the graffiti itself looks like it would belong on the side of a van from some hair metal van in the 80s. It is over the top ridiculous. There is the most attractive person you have ever seen on it on the front. They have like beautiful braided hair. They're also like jacked and they have like a bunch of knives and like swords and guns behind them. And there's like explosions and they're just like staring, not looking at the explosion into the future. On the top, it says... Why praise the queen of spades? Ooh. And then a big question mark. Huh. 
Does the figure look like anyone we know or that we would recognize? You have not seen this person. Okay. When I say they're overwhelmingly attractive, it's like whatever you find attractive in a person, you somehow see it there. Like you see Ocean, you see the steely, sultry gaze of Avril Lavigne (laughs) in that face. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You see the kind of coy smile that Callista would give you as they put down your delicious, soggy worm noodles immediately drawn to this depiction and it seems over the top you're like a human being could not look like this like ridiculous exaggerated proportions and like some greek god level shit book's going to take out a notebook and jot down why praise the queen of spades is there a question mark at the end yes there's a giant question mark that's actually worked into the art it's like the size of the person almost like it says Mm. why praise the queen of spades on the top and then there's a huge question mark that goes all the way along and like goes a little bit behind them so obviously book is thinking about the the cards that he grabbed and the, how many cards were there? Do we remember? Did we ever say? Nope, but like a hundred. Okay. So <laughs> that book, seems like a lot. Let me change that. <laughs> well, that's two decks. That's two decks. That's not that much. Yeah, but they're all the same card. <laughs> were they all queen of spades? <laughs> they were yes. all queen of spades. Yes. Uh, there there oh, were yeah. like 60. Oh, yeah. 60 it's all coming together. Okay. Sorry. So I'm, I'm thinking about that. I jot down why praise the queen of spades. And then um i'm i'm wondering and i ask I, i'm gonna say actually that i ask aloud to ocean it sounds like frida isn't a fan of this queen of spades character and i'm saying character in the sense of like personality not character as in an npc but that's a little vignette for you folks listening <laughs> unnecessary clarification thank you <laughs> so Who's this fucking character? <laughs> I'm not, I'm just, I'm just, I want to make it clear that I'm not breaking the fourth wall already. <laughs> okay, thank you. I appreciate it. Um, but you guys are able to make your way back up to the radio station. Johnny Hertz is very happy that you're back. He goes, Ooh, wait, welcome Stu? back. That was even faster. Yes. Okay. I'm already in character. I'm so sorry. Talk to me. I'm so sorry. Can Frida's can Frida's call sign be the eye of Horus, but with a really exaggerated eyebrow? Yeah, but this is a unibrow though. So oh, true. Eye of yeah. Horus. Eye of Horus yeah. would not. You'd not be able to tell that it's a. Unibrow. It's both an eye of Horus and an eye of Ra, and there's a unibrow. <laughs> That's a complicated ass signature, but I'm here for it. That's intense. So going back quickly to that, to the to Frida's artwork before we move on to Johnny Hertz. Yeah. Does the phrase in the picture draw back to any other past artwork that she has done? Since I, I figured we we're somewhat familiar with her art, considering we were f- kind of fans. Yeah. So does this seem to tie in? Thinking back to previous artwork, you would say this one does seem a little bit more ambiguous. They're usually very in-your-face negative about things or very in-your-face positive about things. This one is a little bit ambiguous. Hmm. Like, this would not be how Frida would phrase something about Hickory. You guys go in uh, to, you find the radio station. It's very obvious because it has a large radio tower out front and a pretty dinky shack inside of it. There's a sign on the door that says, come on in, exclamation point. I'm going to knock, even though it says come on in. That's very rude of you. Oh. Uh, as you knock, there's a little beeping sound, and then a light, uh, neon light shines right next to you that says on air and flashes like four times. Okay. Hmm. So he does not want to see us. No, nah, I'm going to open the door anyway. When you open the door, you are hit by a wave of heat 
it is there is machinery and like shitty ass CRT screens and a bunch of wires hooked up in here. It looks like it's like very haphazardly thrown together and it is giving off a lot of heat. You see Johnny Hertz through a thin pane of glass talking into a microphone. He does not seem to have a guest right now, Um, but he sees you guys and his eyes light up and uh, you can't hear what he's saying, but he talks into the mic real quick for a few seconds and hits a button on it. And you, this high pitched whine kind of goes down when he hits that button. It's like, and he comes up to the door, opens it, goes, Hey guys, welcome back already. Uh, do you have any other questions or have you already retrieved the TTE? I'm going to step away for, so I think I was standing in front of ocean. I'm going to step to the left. Just a quick reminder to you, Stu, our wonderful MC, that I have the instruction manual tucked inside my breast pocket. Yes. I'm going to reveal the TTE to him. Oh, excellent. It, this looks to be in great condition. Uh, did he, do you know if it still runs? Oh, it definitely runs. It exploded a couple of Sierra Mists in our face. I don't know what a Sierra Mist is, but that sounds dangerous. <laughs> but I'm glad it's still working. Uh, do I, did you keep everything on the down low? Nothing going to come back to me? I don't want any of your uh, wet work to come reflect poorly on Johnny Hertz. Well, we, it was a fair exchange, and your name never came up. Excellent, excellent. I'm glad you're able to work it out without having to uh, kill a bunch of people. I appreciate that. Yeah, we, we didn't lift a finger. We didn't even bring any guns, which in hindsight was maybe not the best idea. I was about to that say, was probably should a get some very weapons. dumb idea. Yeah, absolutely. You went into Subtropolis without weapons? I have a cane. <laughs> That's not a weapon. We, well... Not with that attitude. Man, with this, I'm going to be able to reach wide and far. This is You don't know how big. You, let me know. But besides besides your payment, which I got for you, I got your car batteries for you, ready to go. Just know that you have a friend, Johnny Hertz. You need anything from me? You ever want to give out a little message? I'll, I'll give you guys a little bit of ad time. I'm probably fronting you guys to start a business or anything. I'll front you about uh, 30 seconds a month, free, no charge. That's a great rate. Then maybe even a good rate after that. You'll get, a fr- you'll get friends and family rate after that. Just, you know, remember us and, uh, you, hey, want to be guests ever. I'm always a little low on guests. That probably won't, not for long when people start hearing me. But thank you so much. I am in your debt, but not literally. <laughs> Johnny, it was our pleasure. While we're, while we're here, though, I mean, like, I, I'm, you know, we, we've become a fan of yours. We listened to some of your, you know, uh, to one of your shows and we thought it was real neat. And as I'm talking, I reach into my pocket and I grab the one Queen of Spades card that I held on to and I hold it up but while we're here what can you tell me about this that looks to be a queen of spades card from a bicycle playing card deck this is frequently discarded because the only game anyone knows how to play is old maid which only requires three queens okay cool trophy dude <laughs> we we passed some some artwork that we think that um Someone we know may have done. And it, it mentioned the Queen of Spades, too. Oh, who do you know? Um, Maybe you know who I know. And he gives you a look. He's like, mm. Well, that brings me to my other question. How did you hear about us? And how did you know how to get in contact with us? Well, I know someone who was able to get their hands on things. And I knew I needed something pretty rare. So I may have followed them. And seen them do a dead drop for you. And I should have made you make a roll for this. But I started talking too fast. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I saw them come by your place, uh, Ocean, and leave something in that car trunk. And I was like, hey, 
these people must know how to get stuff done. They know how to collect things up. And I thought I would just try to do the same thing. Is that not how people normally reach you? I thought I was just out of the know, which is rare for Johnny Hertz. Well, it's, it's, um, it's how one person in particular reaches us. We talking about Frida, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's weird to not use their name, well, just because we don't really know much about them. But well, yeah, yeah, it's just I know that not everybody agrees with Frida's politics necessarily. Yeah, I was doing some investigative journalism on them, trying to figure out who they really are. I don't trust anyone who's not very upfront with who they are. You know, like Johnny Hurts, I put my name out there. I'll say it even when I'm talking to people, and I don't need to repeat my name. I want people to know who I am, Johnny Hurts. Frida, a mystery. Not not an enemy, but mysterious, you know? How do you... Don't know if I trust him. How, but you were able to follow them. I'm very sneaky. Do you know... But you don't know who Frida is, but you were able to follow them? Yeah, they, they disappear so quick, though. I was able to pick up their trail and follow them back to your place, and then I saw where the dead drop was, but then I lost them back in town. Huh. Did you see their latest artwork? Uh, no. I've been recording today. I actually have to get back on air in less than three minutes. Do you know Do you know of anyone who co- goes by the Queen of Spades? I don't have dice to determine this. I was going to roll something to see. I don't do that in this game. Uh, no, I've not heard of anyone called the Queen of Spades. Hmm. That's interesting. Well, listen, if, um, if Frida comes by, will you give us a holler? Sure thing, yeah. Uh, yeah, if... I would love to have Frida guest. It seems like you guys are pretty close, too, if you ever can put in a good word for me. I think I could really help get their message out. Definitely. Well, uh, I don't want to take up more, more of your time. We'll, we'll take those batteries now. Okay. Uh, here's There's a trunk out front that's got all of your car batteries in it. Go ahead and bring them out if you can lift them. Ocean, did you have anything? I was going to ask the exact same question you just asked, actually. Wow. So. You guys are so simpatico. Synced in the head. Synced up. Don't even need you both, is what I'd say. Uh, uh, oh, no, you definitely need us both. Oh, no, you, you need us both. You need us both. <laughs> oh, wait, last thing. I'm just Do joking. you need help installing this thing? Oh, oh yeah, I would love. I'm pretty handy with some stuff, but I've never dealt with this before. So I was going to get to work soon. But if do you know about how this works? Yeah, I think I think I could be. I'm. I'm um, we're both pretty handy. Ocean's a, a mechanical god, and I'm a, a electrical genius, as they say. Bluffing. And... Um, <laughs> Well, we can uh, we can definitely give you a hand. What time do you want us to come by and take a look at it? I'm actually going to finally make you roll something. Okay. I'm going to give me a sway someone roll. Hell yeah, it's a nine. He goes, hmm, I could really use the help. I appreciate it. I got to let you know that I only have those schematics I showed you before. They're on the back of that very good map I made you. And that really doesn't go into the details. And you're going to have to work with some of my wonky systems. So I'm going to have to be pretty heavily involved in this to get you to be able to fit into my current setup without breaking anything. So as long as you're okay teaching me some things, I think this would be a great partnership. I stick my hand out to shake his hand. He shakes it vigorously with both hands. All right, Johnny, thanks for it. Well, I got to get back on air. Thanks for your time. Thank you for your time. All right. And uh, talk to you later. (laughs) (laughs) I think adios. I think we leave. And we grab those car. Are those car, are those car batteries there? Yes, the car batteries are where he said they were. They're in this large crate that is very hard to move. But Ocean, you're able to do it. You're not under any time crunch now. You may have to make a couple trips actually, but you get them. 
can't remember how many I said. I think it was only like two or three. Then you got it. I'm going to try to grab one of them. I'm going to try to carry one of them just so, so I feel like I'm helping. Yeah. Ocean just scoops two of them up. He's got one and holding it like suitcases. <laughs> I'll say book. You carry one awkwardly. You look like a you toddle back and then <laughs> Ocean, you're able to grab two of them and you're able to bring them uh, back. I guess you're going back to Ocean's place. Yeah, I, th- I think so. Because the first thing Ocean wants to do right now is get his car fixed. It's a stretch to call it a car, but... And with that collection of your owed money, that's going to be the end of the first arc, which is going to let us do our end-of-session moves for the first time ever. I was ever. just about to say. Okay, at the end of every session, choose a character who knows you better than they used to. They get to add plus one HXT with your character sheet. You can choose up to two people for this. So, again, remember, we have some NPCs with HX2. You guys have not interacted with any of those people much at all so far. But if you think a character should have an HX rating with you, we could go ahead and give them one. I think we should give Johnny Hertz one, at least. Okay, I would say both of you would probably start with a negative one with Johnny Hertz normally. But if you both want to add your plus one there, y'all can be even with Johnny Hertz. Okay. And then should Crandall, should we have history with Crandall? It's up to you guys. Do you want Crandall to be a recurring character or not? I kind of want to hear that voice some more. Do we want Crandall or Vesuvius? <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. That's, I, I guess we'll leave them off for now. And if they come back, we can uh, reminisce and add the history yeah. then. Yeah, I think usually if, if you have multiple interactions, some of those when it starts becoming, yeah, maybe we should do a history with them. But I, I think adding it to Johnny Hurts makes sense. It's about to say, Johnny Hurts. I'm going to add it to Johnny Hurts. That gives us Johnny Hurts zero. And I assume you're also adding one to each other. Yeah, might as well. At the end of every session, also, judge for yourself. Are you satisfied with your place in the world? Let me hear those answers. I'm going to say no. Ocean's not satisfied until he gets to the bottom of the void. Yeah, also no. Okay, both of you get one XP. Also, judge for yourself, does your scavenge choice still hold true? Yeah, I think it still holds true. I don't think we've really done anything particularly different for scavenge than... Um, yeah, scavenge, or scavenge isn't just like, you guys are flush with money right now, but your scavenge is really how you live your life. Yeah, So I don't think it's changed at all for for ocean because this seems like a kind of normal gig for him yeah (laughs) compared to how he's been how he's living book has no more interest in manipulating people than he did before so okay then both of you get plus one xp all right all right come on let us mark one more (laughs) have you gotten improvement yet (laughs) one more and i will (laughs) well i think that's all of them no (laughs) unless you have an end of session move i don't have an end of session move I'm somewhat regretting not letting me get the uh, the revel- the ability that gives me <laughs> experience every time I mark a vision. Yeah, that's the most boring one. Though. Yeah, that's why I didn't pick it. <laughs> it seemed cooler to have a car. Absolutely. Okay, books, end of session move. What's it called? It's called interrogating reality. Yes, this is where you can learn some more information about your mysteries. This is the exciting one. Yeah, we talked about changing this a little bit from how it's written in the book. If you're still up for that book, two books. Yeah, I. the only thing in some cases, I think we do want to go with the standard route. And maybe for the, this first one, that would be good just to introduce the concept. And then we can 
branch off. Okay. Well, do you have a mystery they would like me to answer? Well, let's so so talk about kind of our our adjustment. Okay. Our, our alternative is that book has made a, and by book I also mean Brady has made an insane person's web of connecting mysteries. A lot of those are inferences that maybe don't have a lot of stuff backing it up. And we thought it would be interesting that instead of maybe just answering true or false for an entire mystery, uh, when he reaches his end of session move, he can basically force a scene where he gets some accurate information about one of his threads connecting different stuff together. So he can say, I think there's some relationship between these two characters. I think there's this event that someone was involved in. And when he uses this move, he'll basically get concrete assurance that, yes, that's true or no, that's false. Yeah. So so to, to clarify, my standard move is I, I have my list of mysteries and I would just say, tell me if this is true or false. Um, what we've added to that is that I can also, you know, get clarity on some of the uh, some of the web that that I've created. Uh, my Pepe Sylvia uh, board. In this case, I would say I don't think that it makes sense from this episode that I got any additional information on those mysteries, with the exception of maybe the the wolves. Um, but I thought that um, because I opened my mind to the psychic maelstrom, I, I think we have more to explore with the wolves before I really can can um, use that information anyway. But because I opened my mind to the psychic maelstrom. I thought I would start to work on those mysteries, which are some of the default ones offered with my character sheet. I'm going to say that in my time in the Psychic Maelstrom, I tried, I, I got insight on one of these, is how I'm explaining this new knowledge. Um, but previously, I didn't believe or disbelieve it. And the mystery that I am going to ask Stu is, was the world Psychic Maelstrom created by human beings? What do you currently believe you think? What would be your your immediate, or before your experience with the psychic maelstrom that you just had? I would not believe that. Well, I'm going to say it is true. It was made by human beings. Okay. Ooh. As you got this glimpse into these, these wolves of the maelstrom, you saw that kind of humanoid figure come out of it. And that seemed like too much of a coincidence for you to think that this is something that is purely natural neat that there had to be some sort of human interaction with it i love that all right great hey everybody thank you so much for listening be sure to join us next wednesday as book and ocean get reacclimated to hamlet opening and we kick off our next arc if the apocalypse world system seems like a really fun time but your DD players just refuse to try something new go tell each of them to listen to all of the episodes of oops all apocalypses and they'll surely become willing to try something new and exciting like most weeks our logo is designed by brady mcdonough in that music and editing it's all done by Stu Masterson. Love you, bye.